The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is September 22nd, 2015. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. Good morning, Bill. How are you this morning? Just finding yourself. Good, good, good. Of course, I can't remember what I had for breakfast, so my mind's kind of skipping around. <laughs> Joining me today as co-host is Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired, former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, also past Department Commander for the DAV State of Maryland. Welcome, sir. Good to be with you. All right. Now, Bill, I don't know if you remember, but last Friday, September 18th, was the 36th National Prisoner of War and Missing in Action Recognition Day in America. They're honoring two special groups of American heroes, those military men and women who were imprisoned by our enemies of our nation, usually under despicable conditions, and who suffered unspeakable torture at the hands of our captors. Uh, we also pay tribute to the more than 83,000 soldiers, sailors, Marines, and airmen whose fate remains unknown. They are the service members who have never been reunited with their mothers, their fathers, their wives, and their families. For the families and friends of those who uh, remain missing from long ago as World War II, our pledge is that we will leave no one behind. Bill? Well, Gary, uh... I I do recall that this past week uh, I participated in the air show at Andrews Air Force Base uh, in Maryland, and I had the opportunity to hear from one of our uh, POWs uh, who uh, spent the entire time uh, in Korea at at the beginning of the Korean War. But uh, are you aware that at the end of the Vietnam War, there were reportedly... 2,583 Americans who could not be accounted for. Wow. They were the prisoners missing or killed in action whose bodies were not recovered. As of June 15, 2015, 956 of these missing Americans had been accounted for, but the defense, POW, MIA, accounting agency, still lists another 1,627 Americans as missing and unaccounted for. That's unbelievable. Yes. Also, this year marks the 70th anniversary of the end of World War II, yet some 73,538 American service members remain on the unaccounted rolls. Two years ago, 
we mark the 60th anniversary of the Korean armistice and yet some 7,882 still remain unaccounted for from that conflict. Uh, the question is why, huh? Yes, it Unbelievable. is. God bless our fallen heroes, those who were captives at the hands of our enemies, those who remain missing in action, and especially those who have lost their loved ones and await their return. You know, Bill, I don't know if you remember, but last week, of course, I, I sort of remember. <laughs> last week we had Rosie Babin, founder and CEO of HelpOurWounded.org. Rosie is the mother of a severely wounded warrior. She knows firsthand the challenges that service members and their families face after they've been wounded and what the caregivers face when taking care of the severely wounded patients. They help families through their transition and provide them with direct assistance, resources, and support. For more information, listen to Help Our Wounded broadcast on demand on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Bill, why don't we get with our guest? Go ahead and introduce her, please. It's, it's my honor to introduce Colleen Bushnell, who is a medically retired United States Air Force non-commissioned officer and national advocate for military justice policy reform. Colleen was deployed in support of OIF, OEF to Al-Udid Air Force Base, Qatar in 2004. Reporting sexual assault at Lackland Air Force Base public affairs resulted in Colleen's medical retirement in 2006. As an advocacy committee member for Project uh, uh, to Protect Our Defenders, Washington, D.C., 2012, she helped bring about the Lackland hearings on Capitol Hill. Colleen's writings and photography has been featured in Air Force Times, Airman Magazine, American Forces Press Service, and various blogs pertaining to military, sexual trauma, and justice policy reform. Colleen promotes bystander intervention training and supports the Military Justice Improvement Act. She raises awareness about military sexual tra trauma through the One Billion Rising global campaign to end violence against women and men. Colleen is founder of MST Advocacy Pathways, a peer-to-peer -peer support group for MST survivors. Colleen is also founder of Veteran Empowerment Team USA. Colleen, welcome to the American Heroes Network. Welcome, Colleen. Thank you for having me, gentlemen, and uh, thank you for remembering our, our past war heroes uh, in World War II, Korea, Vietnam. That, that truly means a lot to me as the daughter of a World War II and Korea veteran. Yes, do you believe how many are still missing? It's mind-boggling. Yes, it is. Um, a sacrifice that we all, we all bore. Mm -hmm. Well, today's show is about what I call a silent issue that needs to be brought forward. It's called MST, Military Sexual Trauma. Colleen, thank you for being today's, on today's show and to help us understand how widespread this issue is and how we all can help. Now, how 
pervasive is sexual trauma in the military? Well, I think we're struggling to get a clear picture of that. Um, and there's a, obviously a very healthy discussion taking place among our lawmakers. We've made a lot of progress in the last three years. Um, but even without the best data and transparency, uh, we know that, for instance, in 2010, there were 26,000 reports of sexual assault. 67% of the females um, who experienced that, according to a DOD survey, did not report. 81% of males did not report. Now, we fast forward to um, 2013, and the last uh, uh, data we had was 29,000. So that meant 15,370 men were subject to sexual assault of some kind in the military and 13,630 women. Um, as a result of actions on Capitol Hill and the National Defense Authorization Act, um, we, uh, a RAND, RAND has been brought in, the RAND Corporation has been brought in to conduct the surveys rather than the DOD. And so far, only one survey has been published and that survey did not include the baseline numbers of reports of sexual assault. Uh, we don't know why, but it certainly disarms advocates as we try to gauge uh, whether or not progress has been made. Wow. You know, that, that many men, huh? It's outrageous. 15, 000, yes. And, you know, my time... I spent about a year um, on a project with our pararescue indoctrination training program. It was one of the most poignant experiences of my life. And I, I have to say, uh, it's a guiding factor for me as I take on these issues. When I, when I think of, of the power and the almost ordination these men had to perform the military mission in such an athletic um, and capable way. When I witnessed that over a year's time uh, for the production of a documentary, it changed me. And I think of them as I try to educate people about this issue because no one wants to see an honorable warrior cast in a poor light because of the bad behaviors of a minority. And that, that carries with me. I'm the daughter of a veteran who raised me later in life. And I feel very strongly that this is not just about um, myself as a victim and my, my peers, men and women who are victims, but this is about restoring or securing the honor of, of our entire military force. Wow. You know, we're um, going to get into something that's probably going to be uh, as far as the Improvement Acts. Uh, so why don't we go ahead and take an, a break just a couple minutes early so we don't have to stop halfway through. Okay. Thank Today, you. Sure. Today's show is brought to you by First Class Merchant Services. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. And we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
for those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans. Sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Colleen Bushnell. And uh, Bill, you, ha- you want to go ahead and start this segment off? Yes, I will. So, Colleen, in the introduction, we mentioned the Military Justice Improvement Act, piece of legislation, this law. Could you explain to our listeners uh, what this is all about and how this has impacted you? Uh, yes. Um, the fight began about three years ago with a piece of legislation called the uh, STOP Act, the Sexual Training Oversight Protection Act. And that established... Um, a independent body which was outside of the Department of Defense, but contained members from the Department of Justice, the DOD, and other experts who would actually manage reports of sexual assault and felony crimes. Um, However, uh, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand crafted the Military Justice Improvement Act a couple of years ago, which is basically a half measure, um, but it, it opens the door to more transparency when these cases are reported. The reason I got on board was because in my particular situation, my commander, um, uh, I walk, I have to go into the, um, the scenario that happened to me to explain. Uh, but I walked into a, a toxic work, hostile work environment at Lackland and our public affairs officer had, um, alleged that one of our staff members had raped her. 11, 12 years prior to their working together at Lackland. And I did not know about this walking into the office. This man ended up raping me. uh, And I found out afterwards about the situation between him and our commander. Um, Had I known that she had made this allegation, I might have reported what he did, but I was too afraid to come forward. For this reason, and also my experience um, after reporting and the retaliation and the efforts that were made to manage manage this, convinced me that this problem is not going to be dealt with effectively without taking the 
reports, investigation, adjudication outside of the, the local unit chain of command. So that is a very important, serious issue when it comes to command and control, good order and discipline. So I totally understand why there has been such uh, a debate and this is taking a long time, at least in the last three years. Um, it, it, we need to have these discussions, but I ultimately think that, that it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. That's my so personal opinion. So, so Colleen, let's let's get into this uh, a little deeper here, and explain if it's applicable. How does alcohol retaliation and victim blaming play in this sexual trauma equation? Well, you know, a major component of the problem is a lack of education and awareness on the part of everyone in the military about what rape really is and what aspects of of these scenarios are attributable to whom. Um, And it's been quite an interesting study in the last three years to watch the media uh, reports and and interviews come out to reveal the lack of understanding that exists among uh, military leadership about the fundamental aspects of sexual trauma and of, of rape and predation. So, Um, As far as alcohol is concerned, oftentimes it's believed that two folks um, get together uh, to socialize, they're drinking, and a rape accidentally happens through poor judgment. When research indicates that uh, what's really happening are folks who who are prone to rape or assault have a plan before they meet up with a target. And that plan oftentimes consists of alcohol as a weapon. So the order is reversed. Um, and so then we are brought to, um, to educate, uh, you know, the military population and especially our men of power and leadership about the difference between themselves, non-abusers, and abusers, people who intend to harm, how to identify them and then hold them accountable. Um, and I think a wonderful tool based on research on bystander intervention is the bystander approach. Um, go ahead. So Colleen, as we're bringing on and continue to bring our men and women into military service, what kind of orientation or basic training are they being exposed to? I mean, this is something now we know about but it continues to exist. Uh, What's happening on the entry point as we put on the uniform and serve our country and uh, this kind of situation comes about? Well, uh, obviously we had a problem at Lackland. We had some 30 or more TIs uh, accused of sexual misconduct, uh, 60 plus victims. Um, And since then, Um, efforts have been made. Um, I believe now, um, at least in the Air Force, um, there is some training that's been included in basic training, which is historical because basic training is untouchable. The training is solid and and they don't change it unless it's very, you know, compelling reason. However, the problem is um, that these young um, recruits are not in positions of power. So, they are not in the position to to change the current culture. And if you can imagine, 
we've got, um, let's say, 30 years of experience or less at large in our leadership pool right now who is not, uh, who has not been educated. They've been, they've been fed false messages and bought into myths about rape. So that's really where the nexus of change will occur. Um, and so, you know, oftentimes um, this issue is painted as a gender issue, which the word gender usually connotates women uh, in the average person's mind, or it's, it's written off as a sexual orientation issue. For instance, many male victims are often cast as homosexual when in fact they're not. Um, so that's why we think it's important um, that we empower men in power um, as the solution, because men will be heard more than women on these issues. Um, and by not focusing on men and turning this into a gender issue, the reasons why some of these situations happen, men are neglected. Their issues are not discussed. So then the definition of manhood does not evolve. Um, so I don't see this as a battle between the sexes. Um, you know, I think this is a case of us needing men who are not abusive to challenge men who are. So Bill, do you remember, do you remember this happening when, uh, you know, we were in? I don't remember it at all. Of course, it could be, a, you know, that's still that silent issue back then, but it is. You know, yeah. uh, that's I hear that. And that and that's I. it's a wonderful, natural reaction for me to be able to respond to. This is exactly why we believe it needs to be taken out of the chain of command, because it was happening, may, arguably more um, in the past, because there has been education in the last 40 years about sexual assault and women have become empowered. Um, but this is and this is where it gets difficult for us to articulate this issue to the general public because veterans understand the chain of command. Veterans understand the military culture. I had a friend ask me recently when my commander um, who sexually assaulted me, when she approached me, why did I not beat, beat her up? Why did I not physically assault her? I think most veterans can understand why an E-5 did not beat up a lieutenant colonel. <laughs> situation like this but tell that to the general public and they it gets lost in translation and i think it even gets lost in translation on capitol hill um so i i explain this as a cancer and the cancer is the victim the victim is the one right now who gets cut out of the equation now they they have set up um, the SARC and Sapper Sapper offices on every mil military installation. However, these individuals do not have the authority to usurp the commander in charge. So if they consult the commander and they try to educate the commander like I'm trying to do today, and that commander doesn't buy in, that's the end of the discussion. As far as advocating for your victim, there's no legal authority. There's no actually I don't believe they even have financial resources to help a victim. And so in my case, I would love for have someone to have called my, my hometown, my family of origin, explain the dynamics of what just happened, perhaps fly one of my siblings in to be there for me. These folks, at, even to this day, do not have the ability to stop the trauma at the point of the report. And, that, and that's why you'll hear a lot, a lot of survivors say, I survived the rape. The retaliation was unsurvivable. And that's where my long-term medical problems 
came into play and why I'm now a financial burden to society and unable to work. Um, so it was there. And as a matter of fact, I contacted a VSO manager, I believe for the VFW, he handled like a district in, in Pennsylvania. And I, I told him what I, I do. And he said, you know, it's funny because in the last couple of years, claims for Vietnam era sexual trauma survivors have gone through the roof. And wow. I was surprised. I was surprised. Wow. Yeah. And we don't have data on that either. You know, surprisingly enough, with all the controls we have, it, the data is just not there. So, Colleen, uh, uh, just following uh, what uh, you just presented us with, as as are men and women, women in particular, and even in the case of men, when we return to home and community after our service in, in an active status, uh, what a, how does this thing now play out, I mean, in terms of, you know, uh, uh, creating uh, uh, emotional problems, mental concerns, and and how that sort of like hangs in the balance and create problems as we try to reintegrate, but we're having problems in reintegrating. You mean after service? Yeah, absolutely, yes. Well, unfortunately, as you know, in my case, I had a thriving career. I was instructing public affairs. I mean, it took quite a bit of achievement to get that recognition. So I was medically retired. My career was ended, all the training lost, um, not to mention my dignity. Um, so, so I go home or I, first of all, I'm retired with $900 a month retirement pay. And that was because I hired a private attorney to advocate for me. Um, many survivors are simply having their careers ended with psychiatric diagnosis that are errant. Um, because again, it, the view is get the victim out. So they're not a drain on the unit rather than dealing with the perpetrator who is likely to to commit according to the American psychiatric association, um, 90% of sexual assault perpetrators are expected to commit from three to 600 other offenses if they're not stopped. So I'm ousted from the military. The perpetrator is still there. I go home. My family's only interaction with the military is the honor and respect we had for my father, our community VFW and American Legions, and very well orchestrated and funded marketing campaign touting the wonderful work that we did. I come home, they haven't seen me in, you know, in our environment in eight years. And the assumption is you must have done something wrong if the military ended your career. So this huge gap existed between their understanding of my situation and, and the truth. Um, and so then I have two children. I now am, my income is unexpectedly cut by down to a fifth. And I have to approach the VA for benefits. And that took me six years. So in the, in the process, the errant psychiatric diagnosis was used to uh, fight and, and, and I lost custody of my children. My family alienated me out of fear and confusion 
And I was left to, to seek help from the VA who was not equipped or knowledgeable about what had just happened. Wow. You know, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Don't forget uh, to visit American Heroes Network Radio's archive library of radio shows. We have created a veterans resource that is truly making a difference through our weekly live shows. All our shows are archived on demand for easy access to resources and uh, events anytime, anywhere, and on any mobile device. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Colleen Bushnell. And Colleen, uh, we know that there's still probably a lot of victims out there. Um, how can these victims see, seek help? Well, I, what's really important to me, I work with mainly veterans um, with One Billion Rising, um, our initiative to raise awareness and empower victims. But my biggest concern are active duty victims um, because the Department of Defense is just so powerful in getting their messages out there. And, and there's a lot of misinformation, unfortunately. Um, I, I hate to, to make that assertion, but I, I honestly think it's true. So we have active duty um, victims who are presented with this option of um, an unrestricted or restricted reports um, after their incident. And that's if they get the courage to say anything at all. Um, so um, so then what, what's deceiving is the fact that they don't have they have civil rights, but they're not empowered through the Department of Defense. So you can go to the Sapper office, but it, you have to know that they do not have the authority to 
change the outcome of your situation that is in the hands of command. Um, so what I want victims to know is they have the right to seek outside counsel. They have the right to talk about what happened to them. They have the right to call family and to seek out support from other veterans and active duty military members. They oftentimes even think they, it's a secret, it, that this is a state secret that they were raped, and it just simply is not. They have a right to protect their, their bodily integrity, and, and certain civil rights still exist. So what I recommend they do is... Um, they reach out even to myself through One Billion Rising. We have a team of professional, established professionals who are dedicated to reform. Uh, and you could reach out to us through uh, One Billion Rising Veteran Empowerment Team on Facebook. Just message me or at vetsrising at gmail.com. Uh, another solid resource is Protect Our Defenders Pro Bono Legal Network. And it's something that has been growing over the last... 18 months to two years, uh, they can submit a report to protect our defenders that's confidential. They review the report and then they seek out pro bono legal assistance for that active duty member. Um, depending on the case is whether they can find help and then certainly the situation as to whether they'll pick up your case. But certainly my more informal group will give advice and provide resources that we feel are credible um, for a victim. So, Colleen, talk to us a little bit about uh, how the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs are, are assisting in this. And, and in two basic areas, health care, like women's clinics, and the uh, claims process for uh, service-connected disability. Uh, sexual trauma is uh, included as a service-connected disability. Yes. Um, in the last year, they have, in, they have improved um, the regulations uh, that they use to approve claims, uh, whereas you don't have to have a police report to prove that this event happened, you more have to demonstrate the changes in your health after the event. And then you can solicit letters from family and witnesses who were in your life at that time to substantiate your claim. But that's been a fight, but, but it has improved. And I'm encouraging anyone who has uh, submitted an MST claim in the past to reach out to us um, or service uh, women who serve on Facebook uh, if you would like to re-approach your claim uh, so we can help guide you and inform you and get you connected with claims, uh, VSOs. Some are certified and some are not, but they're experts at these particular types of claims. Um, as far as the VA goes, the VA culture is, is a parallel issue with different um, features to the military culture. Um, and certainly women are still a minority. And as you can imagine, being in a, a male-centric culture that is not educated about um, bystander intervention, sometimes the climate just simply in a VA waiting room can be a real hard experience and even um, keep um, MST survivor from, from even seeking help in the VA. Um, so we, we find there's a fundamental lack of understanding as well. 
And then also, um, when it comes to men, uh, as, as I stated, um, some 15,000 victims of male sexual trauma in one year. There are hundreds of thousands of male sexual trauma victims at large. Um, going to the VA in a male-dominated culture as a male sexual trauma survivor is a difficult situation. There's a lot of shame involved, and again, it, it gets brought to a sexual orientation issue, which layers on the trauma, and then there are not specific services for men to get that kind of treatment. Uh, oftentimes, men are put in uh, process groups with combat veterans, which is completely incompatible. Um, so we are storming. We, the VA is storming. The advocates and activists and our lawmakers are, we are in a full storm right now, um, trying to push legislation and policy reform forward. And at the same time, thank God for social media, because we are out there and a lot of people need to realize, get out there and Google MST, look for One Billion Rising, look for service, uh, women who serve, um, VetWow is another uh, very well-respected group. We will get you material help, and we are connected to uh, the powers that be. We are all, all of us are communicating with different factions of the government, and there there has been in the last two years a more openness from them to listen to activists and advocates as we as we pull through this. Well, Colleen, you, your voice and your participation in this is is very powerful. And I say that, uh, and to continue that, because what I'm I'm finding in my advocacy, women are somewhat uh, move slow in bringing these issues to the fore. It's not, uh, you know, comparatively speaking with the with the men, women are, are sort of withdrawn from the process. Uh, and if, if I've misstated that, uh, please correct me. <laughs> well, I would say they've been blocked out. I mean, there were 17 hearings over 25 years prior to the writing of the STOP Act, uh, which was about uh, four years ago. So we had, and, and in my own involvement, I followed up on that. I was like, okay, there's 17 hearings, 25 years, Aberdeen, Tailhook, where are we? I, I researched the General uh, Accountability Office reports that showed us, even though um, measures were put in the National Defense Authorization Act, the Department of Defense blatantly ignored them. They did not do what they were asked to do by Congress. And this is how, why we're in such a terrible state right now. So I would say, you know, women have been the heroes of this situation that is not a gender issue. Um, and that's okay. You know, whatever it takes. But, you know, I have to tell you, like a high point of my day is when I go to an event. I just went to... Um, Saratoga War Horse, where I learned how to commandeer a thoroughbred horse using some of the techniques of the horse whisperer um, from a wonderful uh, man um, who is, I think he was a 101st Airborne Vietnam veteran who started Saratoga War Horse. So while attending, I run into a man by, by the name of Bill Kipp. Um, Bill uh, has crafted what's called the Fast Defense System, and he and his wife have a Horses Mending Hearts Ranch in Colorado. Well, Bill is former um, battalion reconnaissance, and he has spent the last 28 years teaching this fast defense system to sexual abuse survivors on the civilian side. And he wants to 
get involved with MST. That is what truly makes this work worthwhile. When I meet people like Bill and his wife who want to take their talent and resources and become part of the solution. Um, so he's having me out October so that I can experience his training and educate him on our side of it, which is an MST different than a civilian rape survivor, the dynamics and what we went through completely different. But this by men and women working together in a respectful manner to become part of the solution and separate the minority bad actors from our hero warriors. All right. Now we know that there's still a lot of victims probably out there. Um, again, you, uh, you mentioned you had a blog a couple days ago. We talked about it too. If anybody has any type of issue, they can they can uh, find out. That, uh, you told me they respond within minutes. Uh, correct. Yes. Which is really normally good. we're we're yeah survivors behind their keyboards all over the country have brought this legislation to bear, um, and they are at the ready twenty four seven. There's not a time when I can't get a hold of someone. And I've had to call the VA uh, suicide hotline. I've had to commandeer law enforcement to people's houses to save their lives. And I've even lost veterans in the process. So uh, although we are not certified therapists, we are not, you know, we are volunteers. There's a, a vacuum and there's a need for us. And we hope that goes away. But right now we are here. We're organizing and we're getting stronger by the month. All right. Colleen, uh, quickly, uh, is there any correlation, do you have any information with this sexual trauma situation, if any impact is on uh, dealing with the suicides that we are observing here? The uh, DOD has recognized about 22 a day. Yes. I, and we, you know, we all know the, re the report, the number they have right now is based on um, only a query of 26 states and it's not including Texas and California. So we think that number is a lot higher, but yes, MST, um, the, I believe the percentage for sexual trauma in the military is somewhere around a 20% suicide rate. So it's, it becomes life threatening from day one from, so we're true, you know, speaking out and asking for some numbers and data to identify and clarify how, how much in danger our, our veterans in active duty are in. Um, you know, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Do you own a business? Would you be interested in saving money on your merchant account? Then check out our sponsor, First Class Merchant Services. They are national. Give Josh a call right now. That's Josh Cole at First Class Merchant Services. Call 407-401-0772. That's 407-401-0772. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
by providing a unique blend of information and advocacy. We are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Colleen uh, Bushnell. And uh, also, I want to thank uh, Brad Zier. Uh, he's the one that uh, uh, made our opening and closing music. So, uh, what do you think of that music, uh, uh, Colleen? That was, it's, it's, it's rocking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Guitar. It sounds good. Bill? Colleen, we understand that in the Military Justice Improvement Act, there is a provision there that addresses the accused. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about how that works? Uh, yes, I think it's real important. There, the elephant is in the room uh, I, right now is our false accusations. I think a lot of men are rightfully concerned, um, and there have been cases of false accusations in these cases. The, the truth of the matter is they're very rare on, on the whole. I mean, it, especially in the military, the minute you report a sexual assault, it's a problem for you regardless. It's just not a good coping strategy. So, you know, my, my opinion in that is that we need, we need them. If someone's going to make a false accusation, we need them to be called out anyway. We need that individual sure. dealt with. Um, and Boone Cutler um, is a friend of mine, and he, he puts it so well, and he says it's about the victim. Who's the victim in the situation? Um, and so I, I want to impart to, to folks concerned about this issue that taking these cases outside of the, the chain of command is in the best interest not only of the victim but of the accused. I was even contacted recently by one of the, a family member from one of the Lackland TIs. Um, who was was court-martialed because she felt he was railroaded. Um, and, and I certainly was of assistance because if, if he has been a victim, then he needs assistance. He's, he's, no one gets left behind. So I educated her on how to advocate. But through, through the Military Justice Improvement Act, taking it out of the unit chain of command, the accused also... Um, 
gets more transparency in whatever is transpiring. Um, it, there's a little craziness going on with um, the special victims council and and the prosecutors and deciding what cases get brought forward and accusations of cases uh, getting brought forward to cover you know political interests. And those are are understandable concerns. But if we had these cases taken out of the chain of command, uh, we would get more eyes on on the accused and what's happening to them as well. And so this is we see this as a human rights issue, as a civil a service member civil rights issue as well. Which is why it's such an important thing. We don't take it lightly. We need to have exhaustive discussions. But I again, I still feel these changes need to be made. And I, and I appreciate this chance to educate people about both sides of the picture. That's that's great. That's great. Now, as far as uh, the all these uh, uh, acts, now did they did they ever keep the as far as keeping it inside the chain of command or? or uh, well, what happened was Senator Claire McCaskill got involved, mm -hmm. um, and she and Senator Gillibrand. Um, took provisions from the, from the Military Justice Improvement Act, had them approved in the uh, National Defense Authorization Act. I have a list of some of the things that were, um, here we go. Um, the Special Victim Council program is new, um, although we've had cases of them being retaliated against for over-advocating for their client. Uh, also, they've gotten rid of the good soldier defense on the civilian side. Um, well, excuse me, the, the good soldier defense is basically... Um, allowing the defense to paint a colorful picture of someone who might have committed a crime. They stopped allowing that as a result in the last three years. Um, and also what something called rape shield laws on the civilian side was affected. So we've stopped uh, the victim from being interrogated publicly about their personal lives. It's not an issue. It had If someone decides to perpetrate against someone else, their sexual history um, or the character of the victim, you know, is really not is not um, it's not the the main issue. Um, so th that information does get divulged through discovery now, but the person is not re-traumatized through the court process. Um, so those are the things that have been accomplished. Um, but again, when you fundamentally don't take those. Uh, cases outside of the chain of command, it, you know, the problem gets reported perhaps, and it gets dealt with, but it gets dealt with in an informal way with among people who are not qualified um, to make decisions about things that impact people's lives in this way. Uh, it, you know, it's just, it's a horse of a different color and it, and it impedes good order and discipline. And I believe there's chaos that is existing in the unit that we're not identifying because we can't get our hands on the information. And, and I know personally I suffered from it and it's, it's pretty, it, it had the potential to end my life and it didn't. But, um, unfortunately there are many brothers and sisters who are gone. They have died. They have, uh, you know, committed suicide or succumbed, you know, to secondary situations that were brought on by these cases and, and the, and the retaliation. 65% of those who report report some form of retaliation, and 35% uh, had ancillary uh, charges brought against them um, for drinking underage or what have you. Um, you know, and it's just, it's, it's not the central issue, and, and, and it keeps people 
from stopping predators in the units. And so it's just, it needs to be, it needs to be addressed. All right. Now, I know you touched on this before, uh, Colleen, as far as the uh, one billion rising and how can how can our people help? Uh, I know you want to emphasize uh, that's an yes. event that's coming up, correct? Correct. We did this last year. It was our first effort, and we're going to do it again this year. Um, one billion rising is an international effort um, to raise awareness and educate. And MST had not been part of the discussion in a, in a real way. And last year... Um, the organizers, and they embraced us. And in just about every interview by their founder, MST was brought up. Um, and they are inclusive. They include men and women in their discussion um, because men and women are victims. So um, the power of One Billion Rising is that it empowers victims, especially military victims who feel so helpless, who have no recourse except to contact their senators. Um, and so we're using art because I'm a little tired. I mean, this has been a long um, three or four years. Um, and I thought, let's bring art into this and let's bring art to people. So we're teaching a dance and we're having um, smart mobs on V-Day in 2016 all over the country. If anyone's interested in hosting an event in their state, especially their state capital, please email me at bestrising at gmail.com or contact me through our um, One Billion Rising Veteran Empowerment Team uh, Facebook page. It, I promise it'll be a life-transforming experience, and I promise that you will help people who uh, right now feel helpless by getting them involved and giving them a voice in a positive, constructive way. All right. Now, we only have a couple minutes left. Colleen, it was a real pleasure having you on our show today, and hopefully oh. we can have you uh, back sometime in the near future. Okay? It my honor. Thank you so right. much. What would you like to share with uh, our listeners in closing? Oh, I would like to share a quote. <laughs> we I, only have I a couple like minutes now. <laughs> it's just a quote, if I can find it. It's just a quote. It's by Martin Luther King, Jr., in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Please become educated about what rape is and how you can stop it before it happens. Well, that's good. That's good. All right, Bill. Well, Colleen, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today on the American Heroes Network. Thank you for your service, and your voice in the veteran community is a very significant voice. I hope you will continue to use it and uh, keep us uh, educated on what's going on, and that therein lies a hope and expectation that will turn this thing around. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Th thank you, Colleen. Okay. Thank you. If you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7, and you can hear all the archived shows right from your phone. And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any device. I'm Gary Ray, and thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. Hey.